0: we want to do in this show tonight is we want to talk about uh, the relationship between the soul's intent and the motivation of the human ego. And and of course, before you can have that discussion, you have to talk about uh, what is soul, what is ego. And I think a lot of people are real clear on what ego is. I mean, it's, uh, it's that part of us that is in the physical world that is, you know, that's tied to the external and it's, motivated by the outside world and the rewards that it gets and it is um, it's kind of uh, um, connected to attachment to people and places and things and from the mild to the extreme even to the point of addiction so to speak where the soul is an energy field where a lot of people think and I think it's the metaphysical people that believe this is that the soul comes in with a, a map of some sort. Uh, that we're supposed to get the ego out of the way so that we can participate in the mapping of the soul. I don't know that I agree with that. I think that the soul is uh, attached to life and and life's energy and what that is symbolic of. I don't know that I think of the soul as a divine characteristic. I know that when you're fully in life, it feels divine. <laughs> but whether or not the soul is divine is a whole other topic. So... Um, so what do you think about that, those two distinctions? And do you think that the soul has a pre-programmed map, so to speak? Hmm. That's um, a, that's what the I, don't I don't
1: know if the the soul does. I, I do um, sense in my own life um, personally that the only agenda that the soul has is to arrive fully in this lifetime mm-hmm. that we have and um, to, yeah, to be fully incarnated. If
0: well, yeah. And do you agenda, think that would be it? Yeah. Do you think the soul is the polar opposite of the ego? No. No, I don't mm-hmm. either, and that's a lot of metaphysical a, a lot of the metaphysical people believe that that it's the it's kind of like the polar opposite and and so I think the what I want the listeners to hear the uniqueness of what I'm teaching is is that the soul, spirit, ego, and heart are one part of a total uh capacity to navigate this existence, and so I call it your internal g p s and so it there's a symbiosis uh, that is taking place where these these organs of uh of uh perception are not in opposition uh or if they are it's only because we're not awake enough to know that they're working together to try to get us to be fully in this experience and so yeah a lot of a lot of people think that the ego is the enemy when in actuality it's just adapting to this existence and, and in, the, in the adaptation it gets bumps and bruises. The soul is only wounded by its constricted uh, prison that it is in. And, uh, and by constricted prison I mean in this human existence it is um, at the mercy of how awake or how asleep we are um mm-hmm. and whether or not that is wounding the soul um is a good is a good question i i I've, I've said before that i think that it that this experience leaves an imprint on the soul uh and that indentation uh comes with a memory but the uh, the one the one wound that the soul certainly experiences is, is that getting cut away from the source which is life itself whether or not that's a wounding um, I guess depends upon uh, the experience of the individual it certainly Mm -hmm. is a it's a spiritual wound to be disconnected from life itself it's a psychological wound to be then divided against the self and the process and so if that's not too confusing does that make sense
1: yeah yeah But it's it's understandable how people, um, especially it it seems like in the uh, metaphysical understandings, have seen ego and soul as kind of opposites of each other. It's understandable. I jotted down just, a I think, a a sentence from your book, The Soul's Intent, that ego is responsible for the push-pull within the cells. That is experienced as the battle between um the ego personality and the soul nature, so it it can feel like a battle, so that's where I think this idea that they're they're opposites and almost adversaries yeah. to each other come from because of that push pull but they're working together i I really sense that in my own life they're working together for um the wholeness of each of us to completely arrive in our fullness.
0: Yeah, and of course the key word there is if you're awake, if you are asleep, then that then it does feel oppositional. When I was away and I was writing about this, one of the things that that uh, came to mind was that people think that um that the ego is um persistent and repetitive and it needs repetition, it needs pattern um of repetition and that it never stops because of that well it isn't really the ego the ego would lie dormant if it wasn't for the human spirit so in other words mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. human spirits provocation that is persistent it's the human spirits um, provoking us to change from a past tense version to a present tense version of ourselves and so so it's it's more the the feeling self the spiritual self It is causing that that repetitiveness that people dislike so much about the mind or about the ego's response to this existence. I mean so many – so much of what the ego is doing is, is repeating patterns of thought and emotion. But why? Something's got to flip a switch, you see, and this is what the spirit does. Without the human spirit's provocation, the ego wouldn't do anything. It would lie dormant in an anxious state. So in that anxious state, um, what's it anxious about? Well, the, the ego wants to, in the external world, to get somewhere, go somewhere, accomplish something, achieve something, obtain something, attach to something. And, um, but it wouldn't do anything if it didn't have a charge. And the charge is coming from the provocation of the human spirit and and so what we get confused by is is that that a thought goes nowhere without a charge. And the difference between the human spirit's charge, it is a provocation of angst, not victimization, not not wounding, it's just an angst of because it has a memory of where it came from, which is this eternal place, which is not like the ego, which is it's dealing with emotions, which is a thought plus a feeling to create an emotion that then just cycles through and you just reenact it over and over and over again. So I think that's part of the confusion is is that we think it's the ego that's repetitive and habitual, and it is for sure, but only on the psychological plane. On the, mm-hmm. spir- on, on, on mm-hmm. the spiritual plane, it is the human spirit that is more tenacious and more provoking because it mm-hmm. knows something's off.
1: Mhm. And and to eventually get to a place where that angst is lessened Um, again, this is, is from the book, the ego, um, the soul's intent, the ego, which was formed in childhood needs a sympathetic adult perspective today. The soul assists us by presenting us with the larger picture. If we are not open to our soul's assistance, our childhood fears can consume us. And, and that's, we do have to play a part. We have to play a part in, um, Uh, Developing that sympathetic adult so that we can, yeah, so that we can um, be more present in an ego state.
0: Yeah, and the reason why that's important is because we may have never been exposed to a sympathetic adult. Because Mm -hmm. remember, that that word comes from compassion. So
2: Mm -hmm. so if we've
0: never been exposed to compassion, we have to learn what that is. And in compassion, once you become an adult, uh, an adult is self-love, and and mm-hmm. and it's not self-love that is egoic. In fact, it's quite humbling this business of self-love, because it's it's evidence of humility of a life that's been lived fully—the good, bad, and the ugly of that life—and so um, so that humility is an important piece uh, to actually grasp that empathy that you're talking about. That uh, you're not going to be have any empathy for yourself uh, and instead what you're going to do is you're going to project it into the world and hope that it comes back to you and keep it external and uh, mm. and that's what yeah. most people do with mm-hmm. compassion they they give it to everybody else but themselves and um, so the the repetitiveness of the of the angst of the human spirit is for us to self-correct the division that has happened to us psychologically if we don't repair that division, then we cannot heal the separation from the source. So those are two. Those are two key pieces mm-hmm. to keep in mind when you talk about this relationship between soul mm-hmm. and ego. And
1: healing that separation um, is a big part of the soul's intent.
0: Yeah, well, it's, that... it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's probably the only thing that matters because
2: mm-hmm. if
0: you can. You know, we were talking before we uh, you know, started the show about a precipice, you know, about, um, about transition and about change. The, the soul knows that if we don't change and, and grow from the changing, that we're not going to heal the divided self. So there's two divisions here. There's the precipice between us and the source, but then there's a the precipice that exists inside us just because of our own division. Mm. healing one precedes the other mm. and so what and so I think what happens in the spiritual community is at least this is my sense of it since I've come out of the hospital and started working in this in this uh, genre of spiritual teaching is, is that um, we've got those two confused that there's a way to get around the psychological division and go straight to the spiritual and that's an illusion and it's an illusion that the ego participates in, because the ego doesn't want to heal its division. It doesn't even know it's divided. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the ego will convince you that there's a shortcut to God, and uh, or there's a shortcut to to a relationship to your own soul. There's no shortcut. It has to be through through that divided self, through, through through the healing of that divided self.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that that push pull feeling that we can experience, that's really uh it's kind of the spirit, the push and pull of the spirit, um, wanting the soul to fully arrive in our lives. So it's like a, a birth of the, the true self.
0: Well, if through. you can imagine yourself on a s on a swing, you know, uh the the human spirit's role in the swinging experience—it's—it's the—it's that that individual standing behind you that's pushing you when you slow down. You go back and forth and back and forth, and when you begin to slow down, the, the human spirit gives you another push, so you'll continue to go back and forth and back and forth, and on that swing. And so it's that—it's that's the push. The pull is uh, that we feel internally that something is off.
2: We mm-hmm. feel we
0: feel a sense that uh, of division. We feel the the disconnect from the source, and that's what's pulling us. But if you don't understand that, then you think that the back and forth is between the good and the bad of who you are, between the dark and the light of who you are, and you get and you stay in the psychological piece of it, because there is opposing forces in that divide itself.
2: Mm-hmm. And you could
0: think and you can think that that opposition is the is the um uh, the spiritual challenge that's the psychological challenge and what i mean by that is is that you know i'm i'm giving the voices in your head uh, names like counselor mediator critic and bully well that's the opposition those four inner mm-hmm. voices are fighting for the floor so to speak fighting to be the they're fighting for a position to be the loudest voice in the room and uh and the loudest voice typically tends to be the one that's the most angry, and so it's going to be the critic and the bully that's louder. The mediator and the counselor is going to sit there and be softer, you see.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I try to get that to calm down. So, And so, again, that's, that's what I think is happening in the spiritual community, that we're so caught up in the division of the divided self and the psychology of who we are that we think that if we um, – um, that if we heal that then that's it, that we're done. When that really that's the first step to heal the separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a critical first
1: yeah. step. I, and a lot of times um mm-hmm. in the spiritual community there is a tendency to want to
0: bypass the
1: psychological altogether, like you, you said earlier in the or show.
0: Trans, or trans which is the word that right. you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: mm-hmm. And um yeah, and so it's, it, it is – it is, and so, of course, my name for that thing that we're trying to transcend uh, is type trait ego dysfunction or personality disorder. So, in other words, the mm-hmm. ego, ego by design is going to be disordered. You know that because everybody has a shadow, and that shadow, that dark side uh, is compartmentalized. It's out of our awareness uh, or it's fully in control of our lives one way or the other but um yeah so it's a totally different animal
1: mhm it seems like there's there's two two major things to to um to be aware of one of them is awareness to to have the awareness to if you if you are in a confused place and um, you're in a place of suffering, seek out a a spiritual teacher that you feel um, has the wisdom to share with you to understand and to become aware of the dynamics of the, the human condition. And that would be really a first step for somebody who's in a place of suffering and they don't know where to go or what to do.
0: Yeah, I mean and, and I think the word there is reflection. I mean, you you've got to be able to, you know, we we say in Christianity that uh, God created man because he couldn't see his own image. Um uh, and he couldn't mm-hmm. see his own reflection. Mm-hmm. And uh and so we need the the that individual or individuals that uh can sit and reflect with us to be able to see the, you know, to see who we are. We don't the ego doesn't have a sense of itself. Uh, and if it does have a sense of itself, it's quite disordered, whatever that sense may be. And um, mm-hmm. so you can't just view yourself through the, through the lens of ego and think you're going to get an accurate you know, picture of who you are, the total piece of who you are. Or I should say what you are <laughs> because as mm-hmm. I'm writing right now about the what, when, why, and who and where of it all, uh, I'm, I'm – what I'm what I'm teaching is is that we spend so much time on the when and the where and the who that we never get to the what and the why of who we are.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, uh, and so those those that's where, if you wanted a picture for where the division is, where's the line that creates the the knowing that we are divided? That's the line that we spend uh, the boundary that we spend all of our time on. Uh, on who and when and where we are, and then there's a wall between the what and the why,
2: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so to be yeah, if that makes sense.
2: And the ego
1: cannot, the ego can't see itself, right? Right. And so that is the the purpose of seeking out a, a good mirror in life. You know, so that you can have that um, reflection to (laughs) to help understand what's what's going on in the overall We We need that because the ego is blind.
0: Yeah, it can it it can only see itself through a cracked mirror. Everybody has a crack in their mirror. Mm. Uh, And um, and if it's not cracked then it's that uh, it's the carnival mirror where you're too tall, too short, it gives you a distorted reflection. So I think a traumatic mirror would be cracked, and a normal mirror would just be distorted. Mm. Um, but either way, it isn't a fully functioning mirror,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: would be totally no cracks, no distortions. You see, and so mm-hmm. that's the benefit mm-hmm. of a of a teacher. That's the benefit of someone to sit and reflect with. And so, and and of course the the normal thing that we all do is we look to family and friends and loved ones to do that reflection, but they can only take us so far because their mirrors are biased and they're not going to mm-hmm. be giving us a clear, a clear kind of soul reflection.
1: Yeah. A lot of times their mirrors are stuck in, in the past in what they have known us to be rather than, um, what we are wanting to become, which is an authentic self. hmm.
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of, one, of, one of the things that i find curious about a lot of the spiritual community is that when they think of the voice of the soul um they think that it is kind and gentle and soft and neutral uh, and i don't know that the that the soul has a voice uh, i think it has an intent and that is really to just be free um but if the soul was so soft and nice and compassionate, then why does it show shadow in your dreams? Mm. Why does it orchestrate your life in such a way that you make decisions that are painful? Because the soul is doing that. Uh, so, uh, because that's that's its that's its job, so to speak, is to is to orchestrate our lives for us to see what it is we need to see and, and so that we can't unsee it. And it isn't always pleasant.
2: But mm-hmm. again, in
0: the spiritual community, because they make the soul a divine entity or a divine character, it's all serpy, wonderful, loving stuff. But that wouldn't make any sense to me because it's the soul that exposes to us the shadow that we have to heal. That literally is what a nightmare mm-hmm. would be. You know, A nightmare is mm-hmm. a phone call from the soul, and the more intense the dream, then the louder the phone is ringing, and the soul wants us to pick up the receiver. Well, if that's love, then it would be tough love, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if, because the soul won't let us hide.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting mm-hmm. that people want to make the soul the parent, you see, in the same way they want to make God the parent
2: Mm
0: mm-hmm but in actuality we are the parent and we're also the child
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and uh, we are both of those things simultaneously and the soul wants us to take responsibility for that role and for that and for that interaction so it 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 sees the larger picture so that we can understand the symbiosis of it all
1: yeah yeah which I think is such a huge part of your teachings, that understanding that, um, the importance of, um, that the ego, the heart, the soul, um, and the spirit aren't working against each other. They're working together for, for our highest good, really.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's highest good and highest potential. You know, the trouble with the word Mm -hmm. good is, is it has an opposite, you know, uh, the, yeah, yeah the 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 highest potential of a life that's realized is freedom of expression so if the mm-hmm. soul if the soul has an intent for us to be fully in the body or or fully be with it in this body then the next thing is it then wants to express mhm uh and be free to do that and um and that's the and that's the challenge and
1: yeah. you know. and if you can get to that place of um, expression, self-expression, there's such an energy that comes with that. You just you just start growing and expanding and moving towards your fullest potential. It's it's really opens up opens up that portal to the place of love, truth, and freedom.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the other thing that I think is a little confusing and I hope that the listeners get this over time is is that we that the merging of soul and spirit is one entity, one level of intelligence, one organ of perception is the problem. And when we talk about the soul's persistence or the soul um Exposing us to things we need to see in the in the soul, causing us to experience loss or to experience. It isn't the 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 soul's energy, uh, or its its point of perception is to just see the whole picture at one time. It's the human spirit that's providing the energy for all of this. It's the motivation here, uh, because the human spirit is the memory of the soul's birth
2: it's the mm-hmm. physical
0: memory of the soul's birth so all of the motivation all of the energy all of the angst is coming from the human spirit we tend to give that identification to the soul when the soul is just this this uh, neutral observer and seer
2: mm-hmm. of it all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
0: um and takes whatever material that is our is the, is our lives symbolically metaphorically showing us what it is we need to see by just moving the pieces around in some sequential order for us to see um, what it is we need to see, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, so so again that's one of the confusions and and keeping in mind that the human spirit is the feeling self and what that means is you come into the you come into this world and your first feeling that you have which is a precognitive, which is before thought feeling, is uh, the sensation of being cut away from the creator, being cut away from the mother. That's your very Mm -hmm. first feeling. You don't, that is not an an emotion because it isn't tied to a thought, so there's no way to analyze or qualify it. It's a sensation of being cut away. It's not an analysis of being cut away, And then analyzing Mm -hmm. the cut, so to speak. But then as soon as, as soon as we're in this experience for a couple of years, we begin to realize, you know, this sense of I and me is taking form and, uh, mm-hmm. whatever I was in the beginning, I haven't got time for. I've mm-hmm. got to get busy being I and me, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's, that is the, um, uh, the faded break from that, from that original connection to the source. And so it's, uh, so, yeah, it's a little confusing because people merge uh, spirit and soul as being the same animal and they're just not at yeah. all, not even close. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: So the, the other thing besides awareness and, and seeking out someone that can help you gain awareness if, if you don't have it and can't find it on your own, besides awareness being so important, I think also understanding um why we resist why we re we resist the gift actually of the spirit the the spirit that that um kind of pushing us forward pushing us to return to that um soul awareness that that connection so how what would you say to a person if they say i i feel a sense of something pulling me forward or Pushing me towards my my fullest potential, but I'm resisting it. What, what would you say to a person? Well, the, well,
0: well. It's the ego that's that's resisting. It's a it's a. That's the divided self. That's the psychological self. What you're feeling is the friction of that division. And remember, there's only two things that divide us. There's not three or four or five or six. There's just two things that divide us as people. That is guilt and shame those mm. are those are the emotions not feelings those are the emotions that are attached to an experience which was a feeling and a thought that crystallized into a way of life uh guilt and shame become a lifestyle and and they mm. become and they become victimhood you literally become victim to guilt and shame and then it becomes uh that divided self ends up becoming our way of life so to speak. And 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 I like the word way of life, the way because of the way of life that we're all seeking is the way of the heart. And why? Because the heart points towards true and false. The ego points towards right and wrong. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: so the other thing that's happening is we're trying to understand the push pull is which compass am I listening to? Which compass am I using? The external compass of ego, which is based on morality, or the internal compass that is the heart of true and false, which is based upon the ethic or the context of your life. And Mm -hmm. that is where meaning lies. Meaning lies in the context of our lives. If you can't find a context, Mm -hmm. then you don't have any meaning. Mm. So if you're experiencing a lot of resistance, Um, It's guilt or shame. It's guilt or shame driven. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it would be a wise thing to um, tap into um, heart awareness.
0: Yeah. Well, where is your heart leading you? Exactly. I say all the time that people think that they're because their heart's been broken that their compass is broken as well. Mm -hmm. And 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 the truth of the matter is a heart uh, a heart that has been broken is cracked open. And that cracked openness is what gives you access to your heart. Without the cracking mm-hmm. open, of it, you would never have that. So it's an opportunity to go through a broken heart, and the opportunity is to keep it open once it's been, once it's mm-hmm. been cracked. Yeah. What do we do though? What does the ego do? Close it back up.
1: Right. Defend, right.
0: Yeah. So I tell people all the time that your that your your compass isn't broken; the needle's stuck. So all you have to do is tap on the glass, and so the the human spirit is the, is is that which is tapping. You know, if you want to know what's tapping on the glass, that's it. Uh, wow, that's that's very clear. That's uh, very clear. Only to unstick at the, the end. Needle. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I was just going to say to 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 really just unstick the needle, and get you to trust mm-hmm. your heart again. <laughs> and if you've never trusted your heart, you can see the challenge in that.
2: Yeah.
0: If you've never trusted your heart, which is the same way as of saying if you've never trusted your own intuition, because the heart is tied yeah. to intuition, because yeah. um, it's tied to the gut as well. If you haven't yeah. if you haven't had any faith in your gut experience or your gut feeling, you're not going to have any, any faith in your heart feeling either, you see.
1: Yeah. And the end result of that is you'd be living somebody else's life and not your
2: own. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I said that the other day. I mean, we all start out as a passenger in somebody else's life. Every one of us start out that way,
2: Mm -hmm. and we're in
0: the back seat, raising our hand, and you know, why is the sky blue, and how come you're going so fast, and why'd you hit that brick wall, (laughs) you know, and why are you slapping me, and uh, and why are you saying such horrible things to me, and this, you know, but in the back seat, that back seat experience is is what we all have, and then we make a pack with ourselves it's a nonverbal pact that boy when i get out of this back seat and become the driver of my own life things are going to be different and then we forget that promise we made to ourselves mhm and instead we end up repeating the very the very thing that we were taught
1: But do you think sometimes that tact or I would call it, uh, I know for myself, as a a child, I made some vows. I vow never to. And I think in some ways that's gotten in my way because I was so focused and vowed never to dot 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 that um, it it put me in a, a place of. Maybe forcing particular things rather than allowing the the flow of my own soul to kind of work through my my heart. Well, I think yeah,
0: I think until you can get to a place of flow uh, that you're talking about, you have to have a period of conviction because we don't live in a world where you cannot be convicted. You see,
2: mm-hmm. you have
0: to have some level of conviction. And yeah, there are moments in those convictions that it doesn't seem like the right choice. But uh but conviction is conviction. And if it's coming mm-hmm. from your if you're coming from your heart then it's uh it's probably valid conviction. If it's coming mm-hmm. from the ego, it's totally something else.
1: Yeah, yeah. At the end of the, this particular chapter in the book, there was um, you have an intention at the end of each chapter, and the, at the end of this one, I, I really wanted to understand what you meant by this um, intention. Realize that poisons and antidotes are the same. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. That that actually comes from uh, Carl Jung's work, um, and I, I loved it so much. I used it because what i mean is is that the that the the very shadow that seems to be your enemy is also your best friend and uh so the same place you get the poison the same place you get the antidote and mm-hmm. that's if you ever get bit by a snake that happens to be the truth
2: oh
1: yeah. wow antidote, good example yeah
0: the antidote for a snake bite comes from the poison exactly so oh wow! Is, yeah, and so this is this is the issue you see with the shadow is, is that we're we're taught to reject it, to project it onto somebody else, or to compartmentalize it and hide it, be ashamed of it, not realizing that if you could take a syringe, a, a, a needle, and stick it into that dark material, you could pull out in that syringe um, an antidote. You see, that there is no such thing in the human psyche as waste. Not even in the dark, oh, not even in the dark material. There's no waste in there. Yeah,
1: and that's where guilt and shame are in in the way are the blocks. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. as long as we're in guilt and shame, we're not we're not going to be willing to go into that dark material.
0: Well, and because we don't realize that the dark material is um, was all made out of survival. And like I said to you the mm-hmm. other night, we were talking about it that if you were given a canteen and a map and the right amount of food and dropped in the desert and you lost all three of those things because the wildlife ate your food the wind blew away your map and and you were careless out of fatigue with your water you would eventually have to survive in ways that would be disgusting drink your own urine for example or eat dead animals that you find along the way or and 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 then what we end up doing is we feel ashamed of how we survived that that experience not realizing that anybody under the same condition would have done the same thing. And so you have to take a little bit of pride in the fact that you survived in spite of it all.
2: Mm, mm, mm.
0: And If you can't do that then you're not going to be able to see the value in it you see. Survival has always been outside. You'll be hiding. You'll be
1: using your shame to kind of not knowingly hide behind
0: well to 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 just perpetuate the idea of victim, which is really what guilt mm-hmm. and shame is, it's a form of victimization, and that's the and that's the key thing here to get is, is that the spiritual idea of what we go through is um the 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 wound that we experience at birth the faded break is not victimization, it is the human condition. We can't go around attached to the umbilical cord of our mothers all of our lives. We have to cut that cord, you see, to be here, fully be here in this body. So that's not a victimization. That's what it means to be human and to be born into this physical existence. And so what we tend to do is we attach what happens after that victimization, which is guilt and shame, or after that wound of guilt and shame, into victimization so we feel like that our division from… The source is part of it, and there are two separate kind of wounds.
1: Mm, and as long as we're doing that, being in that victim place, we can never, ever reach our our full potential
2: ever.
0: Well, and when you begin to realize, certainly like I have done, I mean, if there's one thing that I mean, I was a victim, and that I was, you know, I was born into the world of of two parents who had no business having children, and that victimization was certainly one kind of victimization that I had to deal with. But what really drove that home for me is when I started working with trauma patients who were amputated and paralyzed. And I thought, you know, no no matter what I've been through, I've got my legs, I've got my physical abilities. Uh, Mm -hmm. What these people are experiencing is victimization at a level that's much worse than what I went through. And when you begin to to look at that, that it's relative, you see. But the ego mm-hmm. doesn't but the ego doesn't know how to do relativity. You know, it doesn't look at its own victimization and then somebody else's victimization and be humbled by somebody that's had a worse experience than their own. A victim is a victim is a victim. And we just kind of play it out that mm. way. Yeah. So you have to and that's where the humility comes in. You know, that uh that at some point you have to look at the victimization that you've experienced and realize that, you know, it might have been bad, but gosh, it wasn't as bad as this guy over here, you know, or it wasn't as bad as that person. And then you begin to to step back from it and look at it from a different vantage point. And and the further back you get, the tinier it becomes, and that's the point. If you see it from the souls perspective, your victimization was a flea on the back of a dog. I mean, it was no kind of victimization at all compared to some other people. And and that's what you have to be able to do is to make that comparison. That's where empathy and compassion comes in. Mm-hmm. But if you're so caught up in your victimization and caught up in the anger and the guilt and the shame that comes with that, then you can't see other victims. You only see your own. And uh, or you do what the ego does, you elevate yourself above it somehow, or you're addicted to it. this is the trouble with people don't understand that the first thing on the planet that we are addicted to before we ever take a substance of any kind is our emotions. Mm -hmm. We are are addicted to our emotions and the pattern of thought that go with that. that, that really is what makes personality disorder. Is an addiction. Oh wow,
1: that's, addiction. that's a big thing to understand.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so we medicate that. <laughs> like I said the other night, we mm-hmm. medicate that versus try to feel our way through it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The key word being mm-hmm. "feel our way through it," instead of emoting yeah. our way through mm-hmm. it." So what yeah. what what you're seeking? <clears throat> watch this. What you're seeking in 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 the spiritual wound is transformation or return to the original authentic self. What you're seeking in the psychological wound is um is to heal and uh um, which is totally something different. Mm-hmm. One one is transformation, the other one is really uh cathartic. But you need both. Well you need you need a cathartic experience. To see the whole of your life, and and that that's mm-hmm. the example I I like of the you know when I said when I when I've asked people have you ever been in a car wreck before and has your whole life ever flashed before you well it is the soul that is showing you that flash of your entire life in that moment and it happens in milliseconds you see your whole life mm-hmm. flash before you as you're in this car accident uh, mm-hmm. what if you could access that same view of your life without being scared into that place you see what I mean that yes fl- I did that mm-hmm. flash of that flash that panoramic view of your life is available to you all the time you don't have to wait for a car wreck <laughs> you don't have to wait for a severe trauma it's there all the time you can see at that level anytime you choose to see at that level
1: yeah, yeah. You, don't have to,
0: you don't have to be shocked into it by a traumatic event
2: mm-hmm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and most of and if we
1: if we don't <laughs> tap into that we're really missing out on um the best guidance that we have which is coming from our soul
0: well if we don't tap into it then we are fully blinded by the ego and mm-hmm. and the and the problem is the ego has help you know if if you want to know where the ego gets its help from it's the collective ego yeah
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing, and it's supported by that. It's supported by that.
0: Yeah, the ego yeah. is supported by the collective, and so it gets a lot of outside external support to stay blind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: You know what I find so interesting after. Uh, spending some time really, really um, allowing your your teachings to enter my life and and to help me, and they have tremendously in understanding the human condition. And what I find so interesting is that overall it's not really that complicated. It really isn't. You've created such a Uh, 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 a clear teaching that if people were to tap into it, it's like you know take take the the highest level of, of education that you can to understand the human condition because it will set a stage for your life where you can experience those dimensions of love truth and freedom and and what a difference that can make in people's lives and and you've created these teachings that can can give that to people it's a, it's a higher education that is so needed. I I wish it was taught in in uh
0: grade school. <laughs> mm. Well, it's a I've watched I've watched the culture go from a uh, uh from you know teaching insight and foresight to to really go back in reverse and now we're on a we're back to hindsight's 2020 and um mm-hmm. Which means that we're still focused on the past. We're still focused on history, and and you know, forget your story because it you know it, you don't need to stay stuck on your story and blah blah blah. And to just kind of let all that stuff go and just step up, be responsible for your life, and and do what it is that you have to do. And and, and it's all this egoic kind of advice about how to restructure, rethink uh, mm-hmm. who you who you are, and all of this is outside of thought. All of this is outside of uh, of thinking. Uh, being is just simply showing up as you are, good, bad, and ugly of what that is, and taking some sense of responsibility f- for staying aware of that of that panoramic view of your life. And then as soon as you begin to do that, the only way you can see the whole of your life is in a present tense kind of way. You start getting the gift of presence. And once you get the gift of presence, then you begin to get the gift of the drug that comes with presence. And what is the drug? Mm -hmm. The drug for the gift of presence is love, truth, and freedom. That's the drug.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 And it's so, so true. It's um, the real shift, the real um, evolving, I think, personally, I really, really sincerely mean this. It can come through understanding the teachings that you are bringing forward, because as long as we're focused on hindsight, that's going to, um, in the human condition, we're going to repeat history. We're going to repeat history. And the true awakening, the true evolving um, is to let go of that, that hindsight,
0: well, hindsight
1: moved yeah. to a place of presence,
0: yeah, yeah hindsight twenty twenty is based on trial and error,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: trial and error has value for sure, I mean, we've all used hindsight's mm-hmm. twenty twenty trial and error has its function, but uh not um, if we
1: get stuck there though
0: yeah, well it our eyes need to be forward instead of looking over our shoulder at the past, our eyes need to be mm-hmm. forward so that we can see. Life that's in front of us, and um you know I like that example of headlights you know if, if you're If you looked at your headlights on your car, they only project so far down the road at some point uh you're blind past where the lights stop, but you have faith that there's more road there uh, and so you're mm-hmm. only going to move forward if the lights are pointing forward, you see, and you're looking forward and uh and so what takes you to the trust of the road that's in front of you or the path that you're on is insight insight mm. insight being that the last 20 miles my headlights worked so they'll probably work for the next 20 that's insight
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: uh foresight would be that you make it to your destination without any harm and mm. because of those particular set of headlights and so that's really the you know, and so so it's a graduating thing to move from from hindsight's twenty twenty to insight, which is x-ray vision, to foresight, which is the capacity to see and benefit from the future. Those three are all happening simultaneously when you're in a present moment.
2: Mm-hmm. Hindsight,
0: foresight, and insight are all working together uh at the same time. So you and that's that whole panoramic view of your life. When you have all three of those mm-hmm. of those sites working simultaneously you can see the whole of your life in an instant. Mm-hmm. You can see where you came from, you can see where you are, and you can see where you're going all at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that is the lesson for the human race as far as if we want to evolve, if we want to um, not repeat history, not destroy ourselves. That is that is the lesson.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it certainly – you know, I, I don't know about destroy ourselves and all that stuff, but I certainly know that evolution is in the second chapter of your life. The first – or I should say the, the, the last two chapters of your life. The first two chapters, uh, you were a passenger in somebody else's life. You You followed a path that was cut for you. You got to the top of some proverbial mountain. You've got the house, the car, the children, the job, the location. Something's missing. You—you you are what is missing. And as soon as you come to terms with that and find yourself, the last two chapters of your life are going to be so much more awake and so much more uh, uh, richer. I guess is a way to say that. I say the blues are blue and the greens are greener. Life just—you know—the the the, um, the richness of life becomes very very clear and you and as a result of that you're you're you've graduated from a psychological being uh to the spiritual being that you were intended to be
2: mhm mm-hmm.
0: it sucks that we have to go through that and i said that to you the other night on the phone you know i i, I don't like it you know i wish we could, we could come out of the womb just a genius and wise as hell and just get dumber with age mm-hmm. but it doesn't work that way you know, it's the other way around. You know, we come out of the shoot quite vulnerable and quite needy and quite dependent, and then have to figure out how to find our way in the world. Mm-hmm. Only then mm-hmm. to say what <laughs> find our way in the world and go what what is this you know, and so at some mm-hmm. point you know that that questioning and that dialoguing with yourself, that self-inquiry is a real key thing, but you can't, you have to bounce those conversations off of a mirror. You can't have that conversation with yourself and yourself alone. You can't do that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the saddest thing for a person would be to live out their entire lives and never get to that place where they can just have a glimpse of, the dimensions of love truth and freedom and and to be awake in their lives and you know experiencing life fully the saddest thing would be for a person to miss out on that
0: well yeah to 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 not actualize one's, one's what was that <laughs> to to not actualize one's potential is the is is the sad thing you know that we we all just kind of Reach some proverbial peak in our lives, and stop and um or to stop trying to educate ourselves about life you know we
2: mm-hmm.
0: we go to to structured schools, we get our diplomas, we get our college degrees, and we specialize, and we do our vocations, but life is still happening, education is still coming at us um, and the education of the soul. Which is the ultimate teacher here is, uh, is really where we need to be getting and, um, and opening ourselves up to that wisdom. And so to mm-hmm. me, to me, the sadness is not just reaching your full potential, which is fully be in this experience. The sadness to me is to think your life has no value, that there's no wisdom in your value or in your life. Everybody has wisdom every single person on this planet has wisdom from their life experience but so few people think there's wisdom in it you see mm-hmm. mm. because they haven't figured out the formula if you will or the context that uh that that makes the wisdom kind of glaring that's why i say it's hiding hiding in plain sight this wisdom um, it seems when you know the context, it seems simple and it seems easy and it seems like it would be something that we should all be able to do. But the the human ego is so powerful in us and in the culture that we're blinded by it and distracted by it at such a level that um, we think that's it. We think that's the that's the place. And so a lot of religious people, of course. Think that the reward's going to be in the afterlife,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and if you've got that approach that life is better in death than it is right now, that's a that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But a lot of folks do think that That yeah. life will be better in death.
2: Yeah,
1: and that definitely uh, stunts your growth <laughs> in this life, and and you also miss out on a whole lot. It-
0: that, uh, well it's it's moving it's from believing next. in God to knowing god and i and 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 making mm-hmm. a decision, making the mistake of thinking that you don't have the capacity to know god you and you and you just settle for believing and uh and that's what a lot of people do they settle mm. for believing rather than the knowing, and once you have an experience of of that level of wisdom, that level of intelligence that comes from the source, that comes from life itself, or comes from that quality in you that is connected to what you would call God, which is the human soul. If you can know your own soul, then I am certain that you can know God. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference that many of us uh, just kind of stop at believing. Mm -hmm. So it depends upon how driven you are <clears throat> to get to a true place uh of being uh who what when where and why you were intended to be here you see i mean that's, that's how how convicted are you to to that level of presence because people talk about it and and they give lip service to it but they don't put the they don't put the time in uh or they don't They don't commit themselves. It it would be almost like buying insurance for your car and never driving it. (laughs) And (laughs) and you go like, "Well, what'd you buy the insurance for?" Well, because you know, in case I wreck. Well, but you never drive the car, you know. (laughs) And so, religion is the insurance. Mm -hmm. Never driving the car. Never driving the car is living a very limited life yeah
2: and yeah.
0: uh because of your fear of wrecking or your yeah. fear of doing the wrong or the fear that somebody's going to hit you um so that fear keeps us from getting behind the wheel and taking charge of our own path whatever that may mm-hmm. be but we'll mm-hmm. spend money on insurance easily <laughs> mm-hmm. but never learn to become careful drivers you see
2: mm-hmm. and then, and then
0: go out and see the world with that capacity of mobility you know that's kind of the way i see it if that makes any sense
1: yeah 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 i just wanted to say to you that you know the importance of um really tapping into a good teaching is you can have many many cathartic <laughs> awakenings in your life and go back to sleep and i do you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so i think it, necessary to find some kind of structure in a teaching that you can rely on so that if you do have a cathartic moment, you don't go back to sleep because if you do, you're going to have another cathartic moment down the line or really live kind of a, a life of, um, suffering without purpose.
0: That was a curiosity to me when I was working with trauma is, is that, uh, about three to 5% of the people that awaken stayed awake. And I think that, um, and I really couldn't discern, uh, you know, why some person stayed awake and one person chose not to, uh, with exception of that their, their ego is just that powerful. and Their personality was just that strong that they just really couldn't imagine themselves any other way except mm-hmm. for the ego's perspective. And, um, but, um, it isn't, um, the unfortunate part about this business of awakening is that if you don't understand or don't know the benefit, then you're ignorant to the to the payoff or to the potential of it all.
2: Mm-hmm. And so you don't
0: know what you're missing, so you can't be saddened by that. And um mm-hmm. or you think it's for somebody else, that it's uh, you know, it's it's for the elite or for people that have money mm-hmm. or whatever it is, this business of uh embracing life at that level and so yeah it's a it's a, it's a sad commentary that we don't give people the 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 idea that you know like I say in my work that you that you are from the time that you were conceived a hopeful expectation for the future
2: mm-hmm. first
0: first your own and then the future of others mhm and that hopeful expectation that you started out as isn't off it isn't away it hasn't gone anywhere it's still there and uh, no matter what your age is and uh, imagine mm-hmm. imagine if we all walked around with the idea that we're a hopeful expectation for the future and that and that once upon a time in a time outside of time we came into this existence
2: mm. Mm. simply
0: simply to be all that we were capable of being, and, uh, and, and really became enslaved by the psychology of who we are, and psychology, oh, okay. and the psychology of where we are, which is in a collective culture that reinforces our own enslavement. And that's the, you know, so, so spiritual seekers have got to be uh, convicted towards autonomy, You know uh, that that being independent isn't enough Mm
2: -hmm. autonomy
0: autonomy means become self-contained and then if you reach a place of self-containment then maybe you'll get to a place of being the master of your own universe and be sovereign and by Mm -hmm. that I mean the master of your own internal world and realize that the internal dimension that you are tapped into is more real than any of the external stuff And then try to find a balance between moving between those two dimensions, between your inner and outer lives. That's it. That's my definition of normal, when you can get your inside world to be congruent with your outside world, not Mm -hmm. the other way around.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's how you fulfill that being a hopeful expectation for yourself and also for the future. That's ideally, you know, and we all have the potential to do that. And we are all important towards the the moving the human race forward
0: well we're all we're, the all,
1: average,
0: we're yeah. all passing the baton at some level to the generations mm-hmm. that are behind us and if we're not taking mm-hmm. responsibility for what that means and so the first the first place i mean imagine that you have the capacity to parent yourself or i should say parent the ego into a present day adaptive State so that, in that present tense place, your heart's activated as the true compass, your soul is now orchestrating your life, for you to see what you need to see, and the human spirit is motivating you to move forward. Imagine that if you reach that, you can pass it on to your children, you can pass it on to anybody you choose to pass it on to mm-hmm. that's the- that's the baton you know the mm-hmm. you know
2: that
0: the that and we've gotten away from that. We've gotten away from yep. it as a culture. We've gotten away from it in a lot of areas. We've gotten away from it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And what that means to me is you move from the, from the science or the psychology of who you are to the art of who you are. Mm. And, and that's a big distinction to move from the psychology of who you are to the art. And what that means is you move to a form of expression.
1: Oh wow, that's whatever, a really good way
2: to put it.
0: Yeah, whatever your art would be, whether it's whether it's interpersonal, whether it's painting, singing, writing, building, constructing, whatever it is,
2: mm-hmm. uh, that is your
0: art. And you will graduate from a science to the art of that if you are convicted to it. And so, and so, what I love about uh, the spiritual work that I do is that I'm teaching people. To make this their avocation and avocation is typically tied to recreation recreation Mm. means recreation so Mm. so so imagine that your avocation is nothing but an extension of your own recreation which is your own recreation which is perpetual if you are in alignment with it you will be recreating yourself all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like somebody asking you, you know, and I and I've had this happen to me, you know, um, um they will ask me a question like um, where are you now or what or what was your year like or whatever and I will say, well, have a seat because I have a list of things that that I've done in that year that I didn't do the previous year and um and and what I typically get back from people is, boy, you're just constantly, you know, stirring the pot, aren't you? And I say, well, I'm constantly recreating
2: now, mm-hmm.
0: because life is nothing but a series of nows, present moments. And so I try to have a few brand new moments in the course of my uh, year that are different than the moments I had the year before.
2: That's mm-hmm. why. That's
0: why I say I like. I like it when I have stories because I said a long time ago, if you haven't got a story, nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to write a book one time with that title. If you haven't got a story, nothing happened.
2: Which mm-hmm, is
1: true.
0: Mm-hmm. And so what? People, yeah, because
1: a lot of people actually are. Uh, I love the movie uh, Groundhog Day because when I saw that movie, it just made me realize that's, the way a lot of people live their lives, just living the same day over and over again.
0: Well, just look at the victim idea. You know, we're talking about the relationship between the soul and the ego today, but uh, the the ego is victim uh, and been victimized by this psychological experience. Uh, but if you actually went out and interviewed 100 people on the street, everybody's been a victim. Everybody has a mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Every single buddy has a story. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... And so, if you look at them and say, "Well, what? So, what you get from your story?" They would go, "Huh? <laughs> what does your story teach you?" You know, and and most people come back with, "Life is hard," or "Life sucks," or "Life isn't fair," or, or the government sucks, or whatever. You know, they come back with, "And they, well, you did get anything from your story." And then that's where I came up with the line, "You do know that if you haven't got a story, nothing happened." Hmm. And so, if something happened. You may not like the something that happened. So, what are you going to do with it?
2: Right, right. And the answer
0: for many people is well, I'm going to continue to blame that story and that experience for why I'm no further along. When yeah. in actuality, yeah. we're no further yeah. along because we stay stuck in the event and not get the lesson or the teaching from it that allows us to move forward.
1: Yeah. And Yeah. I think a lot of times people stay stuck in a victim place because they're receiving some kind of payoffs.
0: Oh, yeah. And they don't
1: realize that there are payoffs if you move out of that victim place and what those payoffs would be. They don't understand that. So they're willing to just get the payoffs from being a victim. Mm
0: hmm.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the so so the way we can sum up the show today is is that the relationship between the soul and the ego is the same is the same relationship that a parent and a child has. The soul the soul is the ultimate parent here because it sees not only the whole of your life, it sees the whole of life period. Uh and and it's attached to life at a high level and it's and it's tapped into everybody that's ever lived on this planet that level of consciousness that the soul was connected to so it is the parent and you are um childlike in your approach to life if you're stuck in the past and things that happened to you as a child or things that happened to you as a teenager or young adult that have kept you um from seeing the soul's guidance and uh, so so it's a symbiotic relationship in the sense that the soul is going to continue to orchestrate for you what you need to see for you to make changes and to look at your life in its entirety and look at it in comparison to the world around you. In other words, you're not living in a vacuum. Uh, and everybody that is on this planet has had hardship. Everybody has had adversity. Everybody has had things they're not happy about or they're not proud of or things they're ashamed of. Everybody has that. And so if that's true, if we all have the same wounds from the psychological existence that we are, then the only solution is how do I get back to just being what I was intended to be, which is a self-expressive, creative and uh potential energy that you are and uh and so it and that's it, and so knowing knowing how the the communication is occurring inside of you, knowing how your internal life is constantly creating the push and the pull that we talked about before, it's all happening that friction is all happening so that not only not not to make you crazy, not to make you depressed or anxious or afraid but to remind you that you are still alive without that friction it would be no different than putting a, an instrument up to your heart and hearing nothing beating mm-hmm. you know the you, the friction is there to remind you you are still here and that mm-hmm. you are still alive and you are in this existence it's up to you to sort out um the guidance and to get some context for it and this is where my teaching comes in is, is that it, it gives you a context that's very clear, very precise, and uh, and very true. And uh, and the cool part about it is that it superimposes over top of all religions, all counseling and psychological theory. It is quite generic in that it is talking about the human experience.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: whatever your belief system is, whatever your faith is, it will... Increase that. It will not harm it in any way at all. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to close with?
1: Um, Just in the last thing you said about uh the friction and how it lets us know that we're alive and really to embrace that friction rather than try and get rid of it.
0: Yeah. And know that there's a lubricant. A lubricant mm-hmm. for that friction and it is self-love.
2: Mm-hmm
0: and if you if you feel that the intensity of the friction is just more than you can handle then you haven't gone deep enough into the shadow of who you are to pull out matter of the heart which is the lubricant which is the blood sweat and tears of this existence and in that dark material is the antidote Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible.